You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Laughing at your jokes like an actress. So funny. Pouring up my heart on your mattress. Like honey, yeah, I say I'll give you all I got. But then again, I leave after breakfast. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bosco Users Group Radio Show for Monday the 10th of May 2021. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people, custodians of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Uh, my name's Chris and Yarra Bosco Users Group Radio. We're a show about cycling and related transport issues, active transport and all sorts of things. Today... I'm going to be talking to Jeff Smart from Back to Bikes and they're in Port Melbourne and about what they've been up to as a catch-up interview because we had a chat to him, I believe, earlier this year. And uh, in a catch-up again from uh, a show we did a fortnight ago, uh, we interviewed Ruth about what was going on in Darabin and there was uh, the streets for people uh, projects which was given the go-ahead back in 2018 and uh, Ruth was interviewed by The Age by Tima Jacks and uh, about how she feels about what's going on in Derebin with what was promised and what hasn't been delivered. Now to give you a quick overview of what Streets for People was, and well, still is. We're not going to talk about it in past tense yet. Okay, in 2018, Derebin City Council launched Streets for People, an exciting project to transform local street networks in Derebin to more people-friendly places. Derebin has worked extensively with the community to develop and design the Preston Activity Link concept design as part of the Streets for People program. And that goes to uh, yoursayderebin.com.au link. And you're probably familiar with where your respective council is with those sort of consultations and uh, you know workshops, meetings, participation. Now, uh, Ruth uh, was saying in the article which is also in response to, you know, we were promised 100 kilometres of uh, lanes and the like uh, last year uh, by June this year, and it's now May. What is going on? Well, you know, part of that is I reckon uh, there's a lot of nervous councils uh, who are equally nervous about parking and getting on uh, the interview with Ruth. Cyclist Ruth Jelly said traffic in Derebin was worsening and better cycling infrastructure would encourage more people to get out of their cars and ride instead. She said she felt invisible on areas in High Street that lacked bicycle protection. I think we should have at least considered progressing this to a consultation phase, she said. When questioned about the decision to oppose the High Street cycle 
line planned. Darabin Mayor, who was an independent who opposed the move, said that council was committed to ensuring a safe environment for people to travel and will continue working with communities to find productive ways forward. In October, that's last year, the Andrews government said they would build it would build 100 kilometres of pop-up cycle lanes in six months, but has only built nine kilometres on Holderberg Road between Fairfield and Collingwood. And we're getting a mighty 60 metres on the southbound part of Brunswick Street as a part of a uh, protected lane to Victoria Parade, and it's part of upcoming Tramworks. That's with the city of Yarra and uh, Tramworks. Now, what is going on? Well, <laughs> the problem is with a lot of these consultations is people get involved with them in good faith. You put down uh, your thoughts, your suggestions and the like, and unfortunately, we have changes in either administration and the like. And these are the sort of things I don't like talking about because I really do dislike politics. But I think with some of the attitudes that are coming out from councils where the state government's actually trying to be proactive and respond to increased cycling participation, I think there's councils who are out of step with uh, participation or cycling participation. What community safety expectations are, again, the current state initiatives, and let alone the residents who you know, gave feedback, got involved, you know, with good faith to these projects. That's the bit that I'd like to concentrate on. What is the point of any form of consultation? And I could, I almost feel weary when I read this of, I've seen all this before, of involvement in something or active transport, and it gets stymied, twisted, falls over, possibly uh, manipulated by other uh, means, uh, you know, a, a process later on from when the consultation point closed. And you go, well, you know, people are entitled to a different point of view and the like. Yep, okay, that's a valid position. But I'd also say there was a lot of people who participated in this uh, Streets for People program or this, there was this thing of programs in Derribin. And Having a change of heart or change of uh, makeup of councils on council saying, oh no, we are not going to proceed and we're going to do different things, it actually, to get to it, it really does erode people's confidence, you know, participating or that participatory democracy thing. And it actually erodes things right across the thing of why should I even get involved in my local council, state government, or don't, don't even know what I want to mention the feds. It's really not good praxis to. Uh, participating and uh, more walking and cycling. Why can't we have, well, why shouldn't we have community expectations held? I mean, we had a pretty ridiculous situation, I think it was the last week and a half, fortnight. Neil Mitchell from a particular radio station in Melbourne coming out and saying that the, the, the one ridiculous reason for keeping the Heidelberg lanes is that they uh, were helped with cycling participation for women. And Again, that's his uh, stance. Again, this is uh, out of step with community safety expectations. Okay, a bit of lighter news is um, found lobbed into a letterbox here at 3CR. 
uh, from Ted Davis, and he's up at Burley Heads in Queensland. And some people out there might know this. So I'm writing to you as if I'd like to get in contact with any of your bug members who participated in the Great Nullarbor Bike Ride GNBR from Adelaide to Perth, which was held in the period of 29th of September to the 26th of October 1996. Later this year, it will be the 25th anniversary of that ride. And he's put in some photographs of himself and some other ride participants. And um, I can pass on the details if you would like to know more about that. I crossed the Nullarbor, the Great Nullarbor bike ride, and uh, some bits and pieces in here. I reckon there's about, I can think off the top of my head, about three or four people who might have been on this. Ted Davis, uh, I've got his email here, but it's teddavis19542 at gmail.com and that's davis with a d-a-v-i-s and that's all one word but i'll put the details into the podcast we'll go to the interview with jeff smart get ready to add your support during our annual radiothon and be part of community powered radio 3cr radiothon fundraiser june 2021 to donate, call 03-9419-8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon, community-powered radio. I just wanted to speak to you about uh, some of the new initiatives down at Back to Bikes. Yeah, so we're doing a catch-up. Um, Back to Bikes, you're down at, was it uh, Port Melbourne? Yes, yeah, we're at uh, 525 Williamstown Road, Port Melbourne. Uh, we've decided, coming out of COVID uh, and all the lockdowns, to have a session on Sundays. So we already are, operate uh, from Mondays to Saturdays from 10 to 4, but we do various different things at, at that time. We do repairs, we do refurbishing for uh, bikes for sale, uh, which is what supports us, and we do refurbishing for people in need. We thought with Sundays, and uh, that's why I'm here today, to recruit for it, we would go totally different. It's been a closed day at Back to Bikes in the past, uh, but we've decided to have a closed session that is closed to the public and all we're going to do is concentrate on refurbishing bikes for people in need. That sounds great. So uh, so you're running it a bit differently to previous things that people who've been involved um, or you know, come along to Back to Bikes. So what date do you start down there with this uh, new program or new way of... Uh... We start on Sunday the 30th of May we're looking for people to put up their hands. We've got positions for three novice trainees. That's as much as our workshop manager can handle. We've got positions for about five other people to volunteer. Now, there's some people who are from Back to Bikes who are interested, a couple of people from other organisations, but we're just looking for anyone out there uh, to put their hands up if they've got a little bit of experience on working on their own bikes. 
Mm, so what sort of level to, you know, we're talking intermediate, beginners, advanced, you know, just a bit of... Look, I would call it, um, we're particularly, there, there are a few positions for people who are novices, but in the main we're looking for people who are intermediate, people who sort of work on their own bikes. And the bikes we're talking about that we're going to refurbish are generally going to be hybrids yeah. and they're going to be mountain bikes because what they're going to be used for is uh, transport for people, not as a sort of sporting type or leisure activity. So they're the most practical bikes in, in that sort of situation, along with some step-through bikes for um, people who are not comfortable with um, a top bar. Okay, so uh, to what level? You say like you te- test tyre PSA, bottom bracket, that sort of thing? Just give us a sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, look. What we generally do on a bike is we check the tyres and replace them if necessary. We'll change the chain if necessary and the uh, freewheel or cassette. If the bike needs to be re-cabled, we'll re-cable the bike and uh, we'll generally check it over. So it's that sort of intermediate level, uh, you know, to be able to work on that kind of bike. And of course... You don't have to know how to do all those things, just some of those things, because there's other people to yeah. to assist you, you know, if there's a, an area that you're not experienced in. Yeah, so the sort of bikes you're looking at, you're looking at more, you know, your mountain bike commuter sort of thing. Yeah. And your step through. And this is for people who, you know, need to get going on their bikes and you're giving them a hand? Yeah, exactly. Now, the kind of people we're helping are refugees, sometimes homeless people. We also donate bikes to various uh, charitable organisations. To give you an example, our last 10 bikes went to an organisation called Interchange, which is for people with various disabilities. They aim to run a new program called Boys to Men and girls to women and in that program they're going to put people on bikes in a group take them for a ride perhaps up the Warburton Rail Trail or around the bike paths of Knox and it's sort of a a confidence building sort of exercise on the other hand one of the recent bikes we've done was for a homeless person and that was a referral from uh, the St Vincent's Centre for the Homeless. So it's a range of people that we're supplying bikes to. Friday the 14th of May, National Walk Safely to School Day. Walking regularly to school is a great way to exercise. But until they're 10, children must always hold an adult's hand when crossing the road. Friday the 14th of May is the 22nd anniversary of National Walk Safely to School Day. If you can't walk all the way, combine a walk with public transport. If you must use a car, leave it a good distance from school and walk the rest of the way. And remember, active kids are smarter kids. Find us at walk.com.au, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. A 3CR supporter. Right now, you're getting people active, or I should say, you're giving people mobility who are in a situation where they need assistance. 
that's that's right. Yeah, and they've they've been forwarded on from another group. With these, do you kind of also help them out with lights and helmets and stuff? Like uh, that? Yeah, when you when you get a bike, you get uh, not necessarily lights, but certainly a lock and a helmet because we don't want them losing the bike and they've got to be legal for starters yeah. and often for example this particular person who was referred for St Vincent's they'd had their bike stolen so they needed it for transport to the services that they were using so you know we always supply that you know when requested because sometimes people have had their bike stolen and they've still got their lock <laughs> and their helmet so you know, it just depends. Yeah. And you're saying, like, you're um, refurbishing. What, what standard do you, you kind of uh, get the bike to? What we like to do is to refer to a standard that anyone who got their bike back from a bike shop would think that that was a reasonable service. Generally, the rule of thumb amongst our volunteers is, would we like to ride it ourselves in that condition? And all the bikes that um, go through back to bikes, the, the person refurbs them and then somebody else gives them a test ride and um, checks them over just as a double check before they go out the door. You're helping people who are in, in need of reconnection, you know, because this is the thing about the bike, it helps you reconnect to, you can go out and see friends, family, work, whole bunch of things. It certainly does. Uh, we, we gave uh, several bikes last month to a family at Albert Park Primary School. It, that, that was basically so that all the kids could get to school. That's sort of like a necessity. <laughs> you know, it's not something that's nice to do. It's something that you really do need. And one of the things that set us off to think about doing this on Sunday, Chris, is that we were talking to one of our, another organisation, We Cycles, who are out your way in Thornbury. Oh, yeah, and, yep. Yep, and they've got a huge backlog of bikes that need to be refurbed. It, it built up over quite COVID and all that sort of thing. And they, they sort of asked if we could help them with their backlog. And uh, we said, yeah, we should be able to do that. And we have uh, worked on some of their backlog, most of which were for refugees. I think we've sent around 12 bikes for them to uh, give mainly to AIMS, the Adult Multi-Educational Service, uh, some refugees who who um, re were referred by them. And we hope to do quite a, a lot more to get help them with that backlog over the next few months once we get started on Sundays. Excellent. I think my partner, Steve, was responsible for some of their backlog because um, <laughs> you know we had a heap of frames and took them over there you know it was like oh these are you know they're good frames but they need to be built up yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's not so much that it's like every community bicycle workshop yeah you don't generally have a shortage of bikes donated what you need is those people working on the bikes because labour is the most important thing in getting a bike back on the road. Yeah. So just one of those things. And the bikes that we're sending over there are all bikes that have been donated to us because there's no point moving bikes around from one end of Melbourne to the other unnecessarily. Mm. You know, you'd want them working under their own steam. Smartcast. 
Smartphone Stories is a fun, free workshop for anyone in the community who would like to make a film using just their smartphone. We're coming to the city of Yarra at the Bagunga Nanin North Fitzroy Library on Monday the 3rd and Monday the 10th of May. You can register for a place at www.smartphonestories.com. Proudly supported by Vic Health. A 3CR supporter. assess people when they need a bike um, you said a bit about you know, dealing with some agencies but yes yeah. generally we only donate bikes to people who are referred by an agency we have just put up uh, an actual extra page on our website where caseworkers from agencies can refer clients um, and we feel that's the fairest way because we're not really in a position to uh, sort of decide who who is most in need. If someone, a caseworker, decided that someone needs a bike to assist them, uh, there's usually a pretty good reason for it. Mm. And uh, they don't just send people to us sort of unnecessarily. Usually that person has a real need for a bike. And uh, those uh, cases uh, generally keep us pretty busy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I just think, like in the last year, and it's a, a topic that's been on the show a lot, is the impacts of COVID, and it's still rippling. Or well, that's a too gentle a word. You know, affects um, you know going through the community, and we need you know bicycles and like. We need to help people get back on the feet, reconnect, and the, you know the humble bicycle is part of that. It is, and there's lots of bikes sitting around in sheds that don't get used. If they can be used in, you know, used in some ways, it's it's a much better use of resources, let's face it. You know, we bring in so many bikes to this country every year, and I suspect that there are more sitting in sheds than there are actually being ridden regularly. Uh, So if we can just get a few of those out there again and on the road, well, that's our little contribution to getting people cycling again. And speaking of getting th- you know, people up and going and out you know, on the p- shared paths and the roads, you've been watching the, some of the news that's come out in the last week and a bit from the state government. You, it kind of, does it affect you down there in Port Melbourne? Because it seems to be pretty inner north centric. It does. And uh, down in Port Melbourne, the, the local council is very much on board. Uh, as I think you said before, they could perhaps uh, work more closely with the state government to get some more bike paths instituted. Although they've just they've just finished a few there. And for myself, I, I actually live in Glen Ira, and um, last week uh, the council decided to finally go ahead with the, the study of the Inkerman Road bike corridor um, by a vote of five to four. Hopefully that will join up with the one through to Port Phillip, which uh, for someone like myself would mean that you could go on a protected bike path basically all the way from Caulfield to Port Melbourne, which would be fantastic because it's those cross east-west ones that seem to be missing in Melbourne. I, I think it's the same in the north as in the yep, south. The east-west ones that are the sort of um, broken links, really, in the network. 
Yeah, we've got um, Moreland Bug have um, concerns over the stuff like that. For, uh, I think Murray Road, correct me if I'm wrong, about you know, connectors into Darabin, across to Moreland for kids and anyone who wants to ride for transport. And it's the stuff where I think the state government are showing the way, but I'm not entirely sure what the dialogue is with some of the councils. The, the, the intent, you know, from people like us is get it built, get it done and provide safe infrastructure and, you know, if anyone wants to ride. And the other end of this is, unfortunately, politics and it's not something I'm particularly interested in. No, no, it's, and it's difficult, you know. Yeah. It, it, it always seems to be difficult to get the various levels of government to um, work together with the community, you yeah. know, because it's what the community needs. Yeah. And in a down our way, that link from the Jerring Trail right through to St Kilda Road would make a huge difference in the amount of people commuting because it would take out a dangerous section and it would even make a huge difference because it would continue over to the other side of St Kilda Road and allow people to commute into Port Phillip, into those various areas. So, you know, just because it's a certain part is broken it actually ruins the whole network because it isn't a network i suppose mm. but uh, we can only keep working at these things oh yeah yeah and uh yeah, yeah glenn and i are a bug are doing their best but uh they they do need more help they're just a small group like most bugs and uh and so the port philip bug so they they all need people to come to the party and and push it councils for change and push it state government level for change, really. Because yeah. that's what you know, uh, last week's show, Faith and Val, were talking about bicycle user groups, you because know, uh, Bug just had a you know, had a marquee at a local festival and, yes. uh, and the feedback they were getting from people, you know, Yarrabug, we continue with our radio show, Bug, I think, are uh, getting a bit of bit more structure behind uh, advocacy. I'm kind of watching that with great interest. Yeah, and it's just to see how things go because, as you said, uh, if you get this strategic cycling corridor with Glen Ira, which uh, you'd know has you know, the least amount of open space, I think, of any council in the metropolitan Melbourne, but if you get that linked into engineering trail, you give people all these options. It does, and just along that trail, there's a fantastic linear path, uh, and, and it's used a lot as it is, but something like that would allow more use of all those areas along there. And that was an interview I did with Jeff Smart from Back to Bikes. Now, if you want to get involved with uh, Back to Bikes, you can go to their website, Back to Bikes, and that's with a numeral, backtobikes.com.au. They have a heap of information there, including they've got women's nights, and they get booked out real fast. So if you would like to uh, learn learn and uh, maintain... uh, and repair your bike with some confidence, fix punches with ease. They have Wednesdays Back to Bikes Women's Nights. And it's a six-part series of how to keep your bike in peak condition, covering chains, gears, and the like. And uh, 
They have a fully equipped workshop. You provide your own bike, basic parts available, purchase if needed. And uh, the like, it costs $30 for a six-night series plus any parts you choose to buy. And uh, you go to Back to Bikes, the website, and check out more for that. And there's a great array of stuff on the website in terms of volunteering, donation, courses and training, bike repairs and refurbishments, buddy bike, and um, as uh, Jeff was saying, about support agencies. Now, getting back to the uh, how, what I opened the show with about talking about the age article, pop-up bike lanes ripped up, um, stalled despite cycling upswing. Uh, Faith was uh, quoted in that as well. She's now apparently the president of Moreland Bicycle User Group. No doubt she'll have a fair bit to say about that next week. But because uh, Moreland are shuffling along, not very rapidly. But what I want to chuck into that as well, there's a really good article in Bicycling Australia about the data is in, cycling participation numbers are way up. And uh, I want to put that into the podcast as well. It's really worth uh, reading some of the stuff from Urban Traffic Count Specialist, uh, Melbourne, start that again, Metro Count. Uh, They recently took a look at seven random bike monitoring sites across Australia to see how COVID had... uh, affected cycling and compare and contrast trends in different cities during, before and after initial lockdowns. And it's really worth having a squiz at. Okay, that's all I have got time for today. I'll put all the links and relevant information into the podcast. And uh, Radiothon is coming soon in June. So don't forget to uh, subscribe and donate and uh, to this show because 3CR does not rely upon, uh, you know, government funding and the like, and uh, all us announcers are volunteers. Okay, I should have the podcast uh, either up today or tomorrow. Up next is Shebop, followed by Black Block. 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.